Well, good morning, Rock Hills. Uh, you know, we say things like, it's good to be here with you today, but to me, that, at least to me, that means a whole lot more this weekend after having to miss last weekend, but even after seeing everything that so many people have gone through over this last week and a half, just the opportunity that we have where we can come together, where we can worship God, we can pray for one another, we can be encouraged by God's Word. I have friends right now who are worshiping outside in, in makeshift areas because they don't have a church anymore, you know. So when we say uh, it's good to be together again, I truly mean that, and it's good to be with you guys. It's been, uh, it's been such a, a wild week. It's been awesome to see the people of this church take care of one another and also take care of others in need. I know uh, Al went down and we've had some people making a difference in Houston. Uh, Stephanie Angiano, one of our members here, is down there serving right now with the National Guard. And uh, so we've got a lot of people making difference. We've had people in Rockport all this last week. We've also got a team that's leaving right after church uh, to go down to Corpus to help an elderly couple, help in a worship service. And then they're going to meet another team of us that's going tomorrow morning to Rockport uh, to spend the day there helping to clean up and serve. So if any of you are interested in that, you're welcome to see me after the service and we can get you more details on that. But this week, I think uh, we've all been reminded, hopefully, of the things that really matter. So as we finish up our series, This Is Us, really that's what it comes down to is what's most important to us? What are the things in life that really matter, to, that matter most to us as a church and as a body and as a community. And uh, I think when it all comes down to it, I mean, we've seen this so much the last week, it's our relationship with God and our relationship with other people that truly, truly matter. The other things can be replaced, other things come and go, but our relationship with one another and our relationship with God, two of the most valuable things that we could ever have in life, which just takes us back to the great commandment that Jesus gives us. Love the Lord God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. He knew what the most important things were in our lives. As I look back at, at my life, as uh, how, how did I get here? And I've done some reflecting this week. Through the good times, in the hard times, when things have got stressful, when, when we didn't know how the next paycheck was going to come or whatever it may have been that we were facing in life, through the good times and the bad times, when I've been trusting God, when I've been desperate and seeking God, there's been times when I met God alone and I had to get alone with God to hear His voice. But I can also see another common denominator through every milestone in my life, and that is God's people. The relationships with you guys, with the other people in my life that have been there Along the way, the relationships with God's people have been a milestone with every step of my life. Uh, even just looking back, when I was 11 years old, I gave my life to Christ uh, at a summer camp. They had a service, and it was optional. And the truth is, I went to that service because I had a friend who said, Hey, let's go to this. So I said, Yeah, if you're going, I'm going to go. I'll sit with you. And in that service, I don't know what the man talked about. I don't know what he said, but I remember... God calling me to himself, and I surrendered my life to Christ. Throughout my high school years, I can remember sitting around in, in a room with ugly couches where somebody explained the gospel to us, and we prayed for one another, and we supported one another, and we encouraged each other, much like our integrate group does here and our vertical group does here. But I remember sitting in that context, and those relationships 
built my faith and made a difference in my life. I remember when I went off to college, I was at that place where I had the first real taste of freedom in my life, right? I can do whatever I want to do now. And I was in the dorm with people who were doing whatever they wanted to do. And they were nice. They invited me to come with them. And I remember being at that crossroads thinking, okay, I can go down that path with you, or I can connect with other people that are living the kind of life that I feel like I'm supposed to live. And I began to connect with people. And we sat down in living rooms and, and coffee shops through those years where we encouraged one another, where we challenged one another, where we cried together, and where we did a whole lot of laughing together. But as I look back at those college years, it was those relationships that helped to transform my life. And uh, just out of college, I went straight into ministry, even through college. I've actually got a student that comes here that was in my middle school group when I was in college, um, and I think she's serving in the kids today, but it's been so cool just to see God working in her life. But as I got out of college, I went straight into ministry, and we moved to Albuquerque, and as I look back over those years, God did a lot of great things. It was the relationships that were the context for all those things happening. We moved back to Lubbock, and I did college ministry, and again, relationships were the context. And then we made a move down to South Texas and places that have been very much in the news this week. We were in Victoria for four years and we were in Rockport for five years. And those are places that are very special to us, not necessarily because of the place. They're important to us because of the relationships that we made there. 2015, we moved to San Antonio and it was almost like we stepped in a pothole and fell into a dark place unexpectedly. And as we looked up, it was the people here from Rock Hills that lifted us up and shook our hands and said, you are welcome here. And relationships began to develop and grow again. And this became our church home and we began to grow together. So I say all that just to say all through the years, it's been in the context of godly relationships in the good times, in the hard times that have gotten us through no matter what we face, the good days and the bad days. God knew that we would need relationship with Him and with others. This has been His intention since the very beginning, since the Garden of Eden. And then you move on to Jesus, and He sets His great commandment before us. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. So He sets that before us, that we are supposed to love Him, and we're supposed to love others. When we love others, or even in the Great Commission, when we're going and making disciples... Obviously, those things take other people. We can't do that by ourselves. We can't love our neighbor as ourself by ourselves. We can't make disciples by ourselves. In other words, for us to follow Jesus, God says, I want you surrounded by other people and connected with people. Two weeks ago, the last time we had a service, it seems crazy because to me it seems like that was forever ago, we talked about how God can take our time, talent, and treasure. And we had uh, this card available for all of you. And if you didn't get this or if you lost yours, uh, we've got more available out at the connecting desk out there. Uh, it's got all the different areas where we could use help to take the next step as a church. For example, we need more people helping in base camp. We need more people helping with vertical, our middle school ministry. We need somebody to help start a young adult ministry for our college students. All those things. They're on this card, 
and many more. But we talked about two weeks ago how God can use your time, your talent, and your treasure to make a difference. But it's not just to make a difference for yourself, although you will get benefit out of it. Because I found as we give out of ourselves unto others, we always receive back more than we ever gave in the first place. But as we give to others, we're serving one another. We're living in community with one another. So if you guys didn't fill this out and volunteer, we would love to have you do that. And that's my little shameless plug right here in the middle of the message. We would love to have you guys plugged in, volunteering, and making a difference in our community so that we can reach more people and so that we can serve one another better. One another is really what it's all about. We're created to live in community with one another. This is us means this is us being one another to one another. Uh, it means it goes beyond my preferences, my wants, and my desires. And we start to think about, God, how could you use my life to make a difference? John 13, beginning in verse 33, going through 35, it says this, Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will, you will search for me, but you cannot come where I am going. So I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, this is it. This is what I want you to do. If you want to know what, what's the next step that I need to take, Jesus says, this is it. You need to love each other just like I have loved you. And that love that you have for each other is going to be proof to the world what you stand for. Now, I like that I can stand up here every week and I see Rock Hill's t-shirts, and that's great. I love seeing you guys wear those. But you know what? Those t-shirts don't really say anything to our community about who we are, right? Maybe it says where we go to church, but it doesn't say anything about who we are or what music you have playing or what bumper sticker that you might have on your car. What will say something to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to the people in good times and the people in bad times, what will say something to them about who you truly follow is how you love one another, how you treat each other as Christians, and also how we treat people who aren't believers. Jesus here is re-emphasizing what he's already told us to do. Love God and love each other. This is the evidence that God has truly changed our lives. Our desire here at Rock Hills Church is we want to help people find and follow Jesus. We do that by loving one another. Now, if we rewind back to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you see this cycle going on time after time, generation after generation. But all throughout it, there's a constant. There's holy men that go to a holy place and they get a holy text, holy scripture, holy word from God as the Holy Spirit meets certain people in certain situations and then they go back and tell the people of God, hey, here's what you need to do. Through the prophet, through the king, whoever it was in different seasons throughout the Old Testament. This is the Old Covenant. God promised that he would be faithful to his people and he does that by selecting a holy man, that he met in a holy place and gave a holy word to through the Holy Spirit in that limited situation. It's the Old Covenant. But then 
Jesus comes along. And Jesus turns everything upside down because he is God's promised Messiah. He is the holy man. Wherever he is, is the holy place. And he is the holy text. And then as he is crucified and ascends back into heaven, as he was referring to a second ago, the Holy Spirit is now available to all of us. So now we live in the new covenant, very simply put, where God's presence is with every single one of us. Jesus removes the limits on how God can meet with his people. He fulfills the obligations and he pays off the debt. And he gives us the great commandment, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor. And he gives us the great commission, go and make disciples of the men, all men, meaning men and women, human race. Go and make disciples. And he, to do that, he sends the Holy Spirit that is now available to every one of us. So what happens in this moment, in this situation as Jesus does this, is he creates a movement. A movement of people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, committed to loving God and loving each other, and committed to making disciples, and the church is born. But you have to understand that the church was a movement. It was always meant to be a movement. It's a gathering of people who come together and worship and then they go out and live it out. And that makes sense and we understand that. But where we get things a little bit twisted sometimes is in the early centuries as this was growing and developing, the government put a word on this and it was an old Gothic word term, a term called kirche, which is where we get our word church. And this word kirche meant the building where people worship rather than the people that worship in the building. So from that point on, we begin to understand church as the building where we go to and we hear somebody talk about God, somebody read from the scripture, a holy man in a holy place reading from holy scriptures. And we almost revert back to what was happening in the old covenant. But Jesus came to give us a new way. The reason he came is so that we wouldn't be limited to just one place where you come and listen to me talk and you sing some songs and then you go out about your week and then you come back again and do it next week. It was never meant to be a building. It was always meant to be a movement. You see, this building is a tool. And although I am praying for and we are searching for a place where we can call home, I have to be grateful this week we've got an air-conditioned building and seats and the sound system and lights and all these things that we're able to have this week. But you have to understand, this is just a tool for you and for I to be the people of God. It was never meant to be limited to this. We've seen this week that a boat is a very useful tool, Right? In Houston, a boat has gone and rescued people who were stranded in their homes, who were about to drown. But it's never about the boat, right? It's about the people in the boat who are reaching out and pulling other people onto the boat. The boat is just a tool to accomplish the mission. The building is just a tool so that we, the people, can go out and reach down and pull other people in that need to be rescued. This isn't a kirche. We are a church. And if we are the church, it's not about the building. It's about one another. 
and the relationship that we have with one another. Now, it's important that we gather here together each week. So don't, don't misinterpret uh, what I'm saying, that we don't need to do that. The gathering is important. The positions of leadership, of pastor and elders and deacons and our leaders and our volunteers, they're all very important. What we do here on Sunday morning as we pray and we worship and we hear the Word of God, it's still very important. It's actually biblical. We see it all through the New Testament. Even in Hebrews 10.25, it says, Do not forsake doing this, but you have to understand this is just a shot in the arm for us to go out and be the church So we see in the book of Acts, which is where we're going to start a new series beginning next week, that the church begins to take off as Jesus goes into heaven and the Holy Spirit ascends on the church. And we'll look at one scripture here in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles and life together, the common meal and prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All the wonders and signs done through the apostles and all the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they had and pulled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal, a celebration, exuberant and joyful. As they praised God, people in general liked what they saw every day. Their numbers grew And God added to those who were saved. I think we've seen some modern day versions of this happening right in our midst here this last week. The primary activity of the early church was one anothering, if I can make up a term, one anothering, one another. Their main role to living out the gospel, to helping to make disciples, to finding Jesus and helping other people find Jesus and following Jesus was to one another, one another. Now that term is a very common translation in in our text today, in our scriptures today, all through the New Testament. You can, depending on your translation, anywhere from 60 to about 100 different challenges of you need to one another this, one another that. How we interact with one another is all through the New Testament. The New Testament is full about how we are supposed to love one another, serve one another, treat one another. And as we grow closer to each other, we grow closer to the Lord. The rest of the New Testament is full of this. As we live this out here in this place, as we one another, one another, we're going to see God moving in our midst. So here's what that means for us as we conclude this series. This is us. Relationships have always been at the heart of what Rock Hills is. For those of you who have been around here for a lot longer than me, you've been around here for a long time. You can think back to all those relationships over the years. Even if you're fairly new here, you can tell relationships are important to us here at Rock Hills. But I want you to know as we go forward, relationships are going to continue to be a major focus of what we are all about. And even we want to take a closer look at how can we strengthen the relationships that we have. It's all about our relationship with God and our relationship with others. I was reading this week and I saw a statement that stood out to me. It says this, Our faith grows better in circles 
then rows. There's nobody in this church that would love to see these rows overflowing every week more than me. I would love to see every single one of these seats packed out every single time that we meet in here. But when filling an auditorium takes priority over community, then we miss opportunities that we're supposed to have to be the church. And community has to be a priority of our church as we continue to move forward. We're committed to helping you find and follow Jesus. You can learn about this on Sunday mornings, and it's great that you come here, you hear me or Al or Stephen or whoever it may be talk and share the Word of God, but where it really becomes practical and where it really becomes real is when we walk out those doors and we live it out with one another. That's where it flushes itself out. Every single one of you, you need people in your life that can explain Scripture to you. You can say, I don't understand what this means. Can you help me understand this? You need people in your life who are praying for you. People you don't even have to ask, and they're already praying for you. People, when you're having a hard time, you can send them a text in the middle of the night and say, would you please pray for me? And you know that you've got people praying for you. You need godly people in your life that you can cry with when everything falls apart. You need godly people in your life that you can relax with and just have a good laugh with. People that you can just hang out with, go to a movie with, grab some coffee with. And I do want to pause there and just say, there are those of you in this room who feel like you have nobody. And you may never admit that. You may be surrounded by people, but still feel lonely inside. And I'm, I'm praying for you that God would open the door for you to be able to connect and know that you have someone in your life. You need people in your life who have been down the road that you're going down right now. Maybe you're raising teenagers and you're going, oh, Lordy, I don't have any idea what to do with this boy right here. You need somebody else who's already got one out of the house that can say, it's going to be all right, Mama. You're going to make it. I'm going to be praying for you, all right? We need people that can be a godly influence in our lives. Do you have those people in your life? I hope that you do. In a circle, when it's more than just rows, but we're sitting across a table from people, across a living room from people, we move from learning things to actually being able to do things. Because in that circle, we have accountability. We have people that, that will call us on things at times. We, we have a place of belonging. We have care. In times of crisis, people who will celebrate with you, people who will miss you and notice that you're gone, right? Maybe, maybe you've been in that place before where you felt like, if I go back, if I don't go to church this week or this month, this year, will anybody even notice that I wasn't there? I hope that you're connected to people so that in those times of crisis, in those times where you just need somebody to know your name, that somebody truly does know you. Somebody remembers you. When we're connected in relationships with others in a circle, that will happen. My goal is that every single person that comes here to Rock Hills and calls this place home would have a group of people that you can connect with, who know who you are, who are praying for you, who will be there in times of crisis, who will miss you, who know your name. My goal is that every single person that comes here will have people in your life like that, that you can hang out with, that you can just relax with, that you can study the Word of God with, that will be true friends in your life. 
Okay, so then the question is, do we have groups of people that you can get connected to? Because some of you do, and some of you go, well, I go here, but I don't really, I know some people, but I'm not really connected with anybody. And here's the deal. We have tons of groups. We have groups all over town. We have groups for every age range. We have groups for different hobbies, different things going on. We've got a group for you. That's the good news. The bad news is most of those groups haven't started yet because we need you to be the one to start that group, right? We need, we need groups where people can get together. And some of you may be intimidated thinking, I don't know if I can do that. We'll get back to that more in a second. But I want you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And maybe, maybe you can get together with people twice a month and go out and eat a hamburger just to where you're connecting and somebody in this church knows who you are and you can encourage one another and love one another. Uh, we do have ladies' events that meet, men's events that go on. The De Youngs have a rock group. We have a young married rock group. We have a women's group that goes hiking. We've got movie dudes that get together and go watch movies. We've got a Thursday morning men's Bible study, a Friday morning men's Bible study. Our high school group has a great group that gets together on Sunday nights. Our vertical, our middle school kids, they get together on Sunday mornings. Most mornings, they're not getting together today because we need some more people helping in there. But we've got those groups going. We need more groups going. And maybe for some of you, that's a group where you can get together and study the Bible. Maybe for some of you, it's just a group where you can have coffee and encourage one another. Maybe some of you need to get together on the golf course and encourage one another on a regular basis. If you feel like, yeah, I want to do that, but I don't even know where to begin. In our next steps class, we will talk about that. That starts next week, uh, right after this service, Sunday morning in room 18, right around the corner. But if you're just saying, okay, Adam, I'm interested or whatever, get together with me anytime. And I would love to help you do that so that you can start a group. Some of you already get together in groups. It's just not officially a group. And uh, maybe you just need to let us know what's going on if you want. Or just keep meeting together with people and encouraging them and being the body of Christ to one another. This is a great way for us as a church to take the next step that God wants us to go. So some of you have been going to church here. September 14th, by the way, is the nine-year anniversary of Rock Hills. Some of you have been here almost all of that time, and you go, you know, this has been it. I'm ready for us to take the next step, and I'm right there with you for us to take the next step as a church. One of the ways we're going to see that happen is when we take the next step of faith to one another, one another. So I want you to pray about how you can one another, one another, all right? Um, we had this card two weeks ago about how you can get connected and serving. We've also got uh, just the regular connection card. If you're interested in connecting with a group, if you're interested in starting a group, or maybe you don't even know, but you just say, contact me. I got questions. You don't have time to talk after service. You're welcome to fill out the information on this card and just write rock groups, small groups. I have a question, whatever it is. We will be happy to get back to you. Uh, I, I want to help uh, lead the way in this. And God's been challenging me about, well, what are you doing, Adam? And I meet together with our staff on a regular basis, but that's, that's in a circle. But I want to do more than just that. I am going to be starting, I get my own plug up here since I have a microphone. I'm going to be starting a father-son 
uh, group that's going to, we're going to have some stuff online so we can connect there and then get together at other times throughout the year as well. So I'm going to get that going and also some discipleship opportunities. And like I said earlier, we've got our next steps class uh, going and that will We'll talk about discipleship. We'll talk about who we are as a church and how you can get connected. And then even just the unique way that God made you. So if you're interested in coming to that, you can come to that next week. And we'll be doing that all throughout the year as well. Here's the deal. People will come to church for many reasons. People will come to church because there's a crisis going on. People will come to church because they're feeling guilty in their lives or just they feel like they need to get their life back on track or they know somebody that comes here. People are going to come to church for a lot of reasons. The reason that most people will stay in church is because of you. The reason that most people will not just come in, watch a service, and then never come back again is because of you. The way, even from the first initial impression, the way we welcome them, the way we treat them when they are here that first time, and then beyond that, the way that we connect to them, where somebody knows who they are, and life moves from just being rows to being circles. They'll stay because we want another one another. Relationships is at the heart of Rock Hills, and I will say that we need to do better. And I want us to work on doing better, but I need your help in doing better. I've done a lot of funerals over the years, uh, 24 years now of ministry. I've done way too many funerals, but I can say in every single funeral, what matters at the end, the only thing that matters at the end, is the relationship that they had with the Lord and the relationship they had with people. And you know, just even over this last week, it's been, it been sobering, you know, that all of a sudden we realize the things that are most important after the fact. You see that with funerals all the time too. Somebody passes away and all of a sudden we've got all these good things to say about what they meant in our lives. And I always think... Man, I hope you told them that before they passed away. You know, um, at the end, what matters is that relationship that we have with one another and that we have with the Lord. Somebody needs to know you like family. Who called you last week and checked on you to make sure you were doing all right, to make sure you had gas? Um, you know, who, who is it in your life that's checking on you? Family has been a major theme in our lives over this, these last few months, as we've adopted, it's become a major theme in our life, obviously. And adoption means that we're committed in the good times and the bad times. As a matter of fact, hey, Nate, will you come up here real quick, buddy? Okay. If you haven't met Nate yet, this is my son, Nate. Oh, they're clapping for you. Come on up the stairs. There's steps right there. Okay. All right. This is Nate. Hi. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> nice to see you. Nice to see you. Yeah, this is a school. A school. <laughs> yes. So adoption means that we're committed to him no matter how hard and challenging it may be, it means that we're family on the good days and the bad days. Now, I, I do want to tell you that he was in a great program in China uh, where they took care of blind and visually impaired kids, and, and uh, he had a lot of friends there, and 
it was, it was a good situation. But the thing is, it was a program. It wasn't a family. And on Sunday mornings, this is a good program. And we want to make it the best program that it can be. And it goes beyond just being a program because it's got the Word of God. But you need to be connected in a family. Somebody who is going to love you no matter what's going on in your life. No matter how rough it gets or how awkward it may get. That is going to love you no matter what. I hope that somebody loves you like family. You may feel like you're unqualified. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things that He planned for us long ago. Here's the truth. You are the answer to someone's prayer. God has placed you in people's lives, whether it's here in this church, whether it's in your neighborhood or at work. You are the answer to someone's prayer. Someone needs you to one another them, to be the family of God to them.